Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 30 of the Genesis Gems podcast. You know, as I said that, Aaron, do you think any ladies actually listen to this? Oh, maybe. Does your wife listen? <laughs> no, I think she stopped, no. she stopped listening to my podcast after episode one, maybe. <laughs> I don't I don't think she cares anything about video Moral games. Moral support is gone. <laughs> there's, a, <laughs> Sorry. there's a few episodes of the night. Maybe, uh, maybe Rob's wife. I don't know. Maybe. That's true. <laughs> uh, maybe we're on you know other people's radios as our wife wives are in the car maybe maybe that happens but who knows but yeah episode 30 that's pretty cool uh pretty monumental for me i know you you guys just reached episode 50 at retro obscura right yeah that was our last episode that came out and uh man yeah it's a milestone because it's a lot of work to keep a podcast coming out i mean yeah. you can get burnt out but uh if you just keep things fresh and keep it going and have good hosts you know like uh yourself here <laughs> i think things kind of work out <laughs> well the only thing i can say about myself is that we've rebooted this podcast two or three times and i think i'm the only one that's been on it every episode <laughs> so it started off with three of us and then we went to four of us and then it was me with a rotating guest and then we brought rob back yeah it was just kind of crazy i'd love i think maybe for our 50th episode we should try to get everyone back in that was ever on the show and just have one big genesis gym podcast that would be awesome, didn't? Uh, I'm trying to think who did that. Was it like Van Halen or someone like that who had both <laughs> singers on stage at once? Or... I just think of like Guns and Roses who went through like oh, wow. multiple iterations, and then you know finally it's, it's just uh, Axel by himself with a group of you know session musicians. Yeah, pretty much. Because when he had Buckethead, that was kind of cool. But yeah, <laughs> and then he was gone. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Genesis Gems episode thirty. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, this is cool. Uh, if you want to connect with us, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Genesis Gems Podcast. Go join our group. We just, as of probably an hour ago, Aaron, hit 100 members. That's kind of cool. So, awesome. Yeah. So we're not quite up there with two dudes or with your uh, Retro Obscura, but we're, we're getting there. I, I was, I was kind of slow on the group. I didn't really believe in it until I saw the success you all had. So you can't you can't deny data and facts. So <laughs> I I jumped on the bandwagon. So yeah, go join our group at uh, Facebook.com/slash/group/slash/GenesisGems. Uh, shoot us an email at GenesisGemsPodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at GenGems. Look us up on iTunes. Leave us a five star review. And we actually got a few more. I think we hit thirty actually. So that's kind of nice for our thirtieth episode. And uh, we are on Stitcher and we are part of the Retro Junkies Network. Check out the network and all the great podcasts at theRetroJunkies.com. So there's the rundown of that. Um, one little bit of listener business I want to go over. I pronounced someone's name wrong, and I've been saying from the beginning of this podcast, if I pronounce your name wrong, please let me know. I'm not offended. I'm actually glad I did it. So we, we have a, a guy that's been very active on our group. We really appreciate that. And I said his name last week, or last show, as a Cameron. I believe I pronounced his name Worme. I was trying to get the little French tone in there. But it's actually worm a. So he uh, gave me a nice little. Uh, oh, I had no idea. Yeah, he gave me a nice. He gave me a nice little pronunciation of it on uh, one of our uh, uh, for, uh, posts there on Facebook. So it's Worma, spelled W-E-R-M-E. I was trying to get all fancy, make it a little, you know, a little bit more refined, but uh, Worma must be a way to go. So or, one one of these days we're going to actually have to cover Risky Woods because I think he mentions that game just in about every post. <laughs> I, I've you know I've played that but never really dug into it. That would be kind of fun. Yeah, we'll what we'll, what we'll do that yep. when we uh, do it, when we cover another EA title. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I've been on a bit of a buying spree. I'll get into that in a little bit with Genesis Games and Sega products. So I'm excited to dig more into. I kind of went on a, a hiatus there. I was trying to save some money up, and 
and got a got a little uh, <laughs> little trigger happy with some stuff here uh-huh. lately. So I gotta gotta, <laughs> gotta gotta watch that. Gotta watch that. But uh, anyways, I guess we can jump right into the next part of this show. It's called the Sega Snippets. Test one two. Sega. Now it's time for Sega Snippets. So Aaron, you've been doing anything outside of Earthworm Jim related to Sega? Uh, you know, not too much. Um, you were mentioning going on a shopping spree for Sega stuff. And, I, you know, it's been the opposite for me. I, I've just been, man, I haven't had a lot of money to buy Sega games. But, um, you know, I did have a friend who was trying to sell me a Sega CD and some games. So I'm I'm kind of saving up towards that. Yeah. <laughs> That's my next big purchase because <laughs> I, I I would love to have a Sega CD again. Yes. Uh, but besides that, you know, um, I'm trying to think. I I played a few games related to Earthworm Jim. Uh, you know that were games that Dave Perry worked on uh, with Virgin before he was able to make his own company, basically with Shiny. And so, you know, I played a little bit of uh, Cool Spot and uh, Mick and Mac Global Gladiators. And those are, I actually really enjoy both those games for, for different reasons. They're, uh, but they, they both use that, uh, that same engine used in Earthworm Jim. So if you want to check out the earlier games, um, you know, with, with some similarities engine-wise, but definitely different gameplay, um, check those out. And, of course, you know, you can always check out Aladdin. Uh, which is another one I think Dave Perry worked on from Shiny. But I think what the common thread throughout all these games is they use that animation engine, which I'm sure we'll get into a little later, um, which allows for some really smooth animation. Yeah. One of my favorite games Shiny did, and when I had it at the time, I didn't realize it until I got the internet. You know, late 90s, I had a Wild 9 on the PlayStation. Man, I love that game. Yeah, it's a really good game. Yeah, so I mean, it's it kind of reminded me. It had that kind of, especially those levels like uh, Andy Asteroids and Earthworm Jim. There's a few of those kind of perspectives because this game was more of a 2.5D, I guess you'd call it, if you want to use those kind of terms. <laughs> it was side scrolling, but it kind of had that 3D look to it. But it was pretty... oh, uh, Wild Nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I really, Definitely. really enjoyed that game. But yeah, that's it was really hard. Which oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but um. Yeah, as as far as I go, this this is kind of strange how this tied back into Sega. I've been playing uh, a game on the PlayStation Three called Beyond Two Souls. I don't know if you heard of that one, not. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. It's so it's made by uh, Quantic Dream, I believe is the name of the studio, and they uh, also made Heavy Rain, and I loved Heavy Rain. So when I went and kind of researched uh, this game a little bit, you know, it's it's directed, kind of made by a guy by the name of David Cage. So I looked up uh, Quantic Dream and some of the games they have done in the past, and. Uh, there was one game in particular I I almost bought a long time ago when I had my Dreamcast and and didn't. I heard it I was know which one you're gonna say? Oh, uh, I'm gonna have Nomad, a, right? Yeah, Omicron, the Nomad Soul. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I uh, I just I just bought that on eBay. Um, it was one of those. David Bowie's in that game. I know, I know. It's crazy. It looks it looks like it could be fun. They, I I kept hearing it was like Shinmu but watered down. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's got the tank controls. I saw. You know, you're. You know, kind of moving from left to right, and then you hit up to go forward. But uh, had some cool fighting elements, which is definitely not part of uh, David Cage's newer games. Most yeah. of, most of the games have a lot of that quick time events. Um, so I got that, and then after that, after I beat Beyond, Beyond Two Souls, I'm gonna play that, and then I'm gonna jump right into uh, 
uh, Indigo Prophecy, which I've never played. That's another game he yeah, makes. Yeah, I, uh, I really want to play that. It's funny you mentioned Omnicron, though, because it the, the sort of gameplay found in that game is kind of a... Uh, don't you, like, touch other... You touch people or something, and then when you die, you become them, something like that? It was something... It, it had something to do with, like, yeah, the afterworld. I haven't... But the, the ability to switch to different characters in the game I, I thought was really neat um yeah. and it, what's funny is it reminds me of a shiny game that shiny did later <laughs> on called messiah oh yeah yeah which was one where you took the uh role of an angel and then he could actually inhibit the bodies of uh those around him and, and make them do things kind of like in if you ever played uh the odd world games yes yeah where you could use mind control and control the uh the bad guys okay well, if you guys ever do a Dreamcast show on Retro Obscura, that'd be kind of a neat game to talk about. I'm sure Omicron. that's coming up very soon. <laughs> I'm a huge Dreamcast fan, as you know. So. <laughs> but I can't wait to dig into this. I haven't. There hasn't. There's not a lot of Dreamcast games I haven't really played yet, and this is one of them I was kind of staying away from for some reason. But once I saw that David Cage did it, I'm like, I gotta get this game. I'm, I'm a huge David Cage fan now. A, a lot of people didn't like Beyond Two Souls. I'm loving that game. I don't know what happened with people and what they thought of that. But I loved Heavy Rain. I'm loving Beyond Two Souls. So. I, I think it has maybe it has something to do with, um, you know, sometimes it's like watching a movie. And yeah, there's less interaction than people would like. But I, I like things that kind of challenge the medium anyways. Yeah, and, and with Beyond Two Souls, the biggest gripe I heard about it, which I kind of like, um, you start the very beginning of the game kind of shows you what's happening at the end. And then throughout the whole game, you're just jumping from timeline to timeline. There's really nothing. Like you'll, you'll one one storyline you'll be a teenager then you go back to when you're four years old then you go to when you're 20 years old so it kind of doesn't have that you know timeline so that's that's one of the gripes but i kind of like it yeah um i you know what i think i've got a copy of that sitting on my shelf i just haven't tried it (laughs) (laughs) when i when i feel like some modern gaming i'll I'll definitely uh, you know talking about modern gaming but i i just started up mass effect again just because i i love rpgs and i I love uh bioware games so i'm a huge mass Uh, effect fan (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> which it, you know, it's not exactly retro by any stretch, nah. but uh, that that's the most modern thing I'd say I'm playing yeah. right now. And and I'll I'll end the modern with this, but um, I had no clue. Have, have you played Mass Effect two and three? Uh, you know what? Um, I have not. I oh, watched okay. a lot of Mass Effect two, uh, but I haven't played it or okay. three. So one of the, one of the main characters in Mass Effect two and three, uh, or definitely two, is Miranda Lawson, the kind of real dark hair girl. I had no clue, but they. Uh, modeled her and the voice actors uh sarah from chuck from the show chuck Chuck, Uh, i had no i was watching i I was watching chuck we just started it up a year ago my wife and i and i started looking at her i'm like she looks so familiar and i could not place it until i looked her up i'm like oh my gosh she's a video game character (laughs) why it's like why are you looking at her (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) well you think she's pretty (laughs) anyways but uh yeah other than that um i have (laughs) also something else i spent probably a little too much money on i bought a Hyperstone Heist. I've been wanting that game forever. I rented that a lot as a kid. The Ninja, oh, Ninja, love that game. Yeah, Ninja Turtles game. Uh, uh, a gentleman on our uh, uh, group page had had two of them for sale. Um, you know, big shout out. His name's John James. He cut a pretty good deal. It's still still more money than I like to pay, but uh, <laughs> I did pick that up and I bought a custom case for it. So I got that. And then uh, one more thing, and I'll, I'll mention this real quick. I posted this on the page. I found at Goodwill. It's a uh, it's a company called Radica. Now, uh, I remember Radica because when I was a kid, I used to have this little uh, handheld fishing game Radica made. And it was you literally would throw it out like you casted it. It's almost like a precursor to the Wii. And you would uh, 
reel it in and you actually feel the fish bite. But anyways, this is a Erratica plug and play. It's Sega Genesis plug and play, six games in one. So, and the controller that it's actually a controller that plugs into a very small. It's it's kind of hardwired into a very small box. It looks just like a Sega Genesis, and uh, of course that pl- plugs right into your uh, TV through an AV cable. But the uh, the mold of the controller is really good. It actually feels just like a Genesis controller, other than when you press the buttons in a little bit more of a click. But uh, it comes with Sonic, Flicky, Golden Axe, Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Alter Beast, and Kid Chameleon. And it's actually really good. My kids love it. Um, the biggest gripe, and I agree with everybody, is that this it sounds pretty awful. Um, you can definitely hear it, like when you pick up a ring in Sonic, and it just makes like a scratchy noise, which is kind of oh. yeah. But you know, for for my my three year old, my five year old, they love playing it. Um, it's kind of nice. We we keep it up in, a, in the upstairs living room where there's no video games really, so it's just kind of nice to pick up and play. I've been playing a lot of uh, Mean Bean Machine, <laughs> but um, yeah, that was that was kind of a neat little pickup for two ninety nine. Yeah, that's not not bad, and it made me want to look into getting. There was a a portable Genesis out there. I forgot what the name of it is, but the only problem with that one, I think someone in our group mentioned it, um, is the sound. And for me, that's kind of a deal breaker. Yeah. Um, I think we'd gotten talking about it because I was talking about the Nomad and asking if anyone had one um, because I absolutely loved my Nomad when I had it, and. My problem was the battery life, and so someone's like, "Well, there's this portable one where you can load up games on an SD card." Um, but again, the sound, the sound just kills it. I, I can't do a Genesis <laughs> console without good sound. Um, so, I mean, that's why I've, I've got my model one sitting here, but, um, you know, be, before we jump into our next subject, I did want to mention on the latest retro obscure, which we've recorded, but we haven't released yet. We talk about, um, some portable games and one, one of them actually got ported to the Sega Genesis and I don't know if you've ever played uh, Todd's Adventure in Slime World. Mm-mm. No. Um, well, it's interesting because it, it might actually uh, relate to your Metroidvania podcast also because it's got oh, cool. a little bit of that feel to it. Um, but we're talking about sound, and, and no amount of uh, good Genesis sound would, would save this game, like sound-wise, <laughs> because I, it literally has the worst sound effects, of, I think, of any Genesis game I've ever played. <laughs> like if, if you, I'm dead serious, Nick. If you fire it up, I, and hopefully we'll re- review the game at some point. It's actually pretty underrated. It's it's a port of a Lynx game, and um, but yeah, w- when you pick up items, it's just like the worst screechiest Genesis noise. Like when you think of like, like the worst Genesis sound, like when you think of like the farting noise from X Men. <laughs> It's it's about ten times worse. Or the dying cat noise from Road Rash. Yeah, yeah, the dying cat noise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rob Rob still gets mad at me about that because I think it was his favorite track on Road Rash, and I talked about how bad it sounded because of the dying cat sound. <laughs> I'll have to give that a shot. What was it called again? I'll have to. It's called uh, Todd's Adventure in Slime World. Todd's Adventure in Slime World. I'm yeah, gonna... it includes a pretty cool uh, two-player mode uh, where you can do co-op or you can do competitive play but you're basically exploring um a kind, kind of an underground cavern on a slime world and you know there's some inventory management and there's like an auto map and uh you know you just you're, you're picking up gems and then you're trying to find the end of the level basically but there's you know there's different play modes and uh, it's a it's a really interesting game uh you know there's some definite flaws but uh yeah it's, it's one to it's an underrated game people can <laughs> check out 
it, it's funny because the term inventory management means a whole different world to me nowadays because I'm a supply chain planner <laughs> for, for a living. So I kind of manage inventory. So that's kind of funny. That's kind of your job. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So like Diab- <laughs> Diablo was like the perfect thing to put in my resume because I really knew how to manage that inventory in that game. <laughs> I know. That was like my, my favorite part of the game where it was like, can I, you know, it's just like because you had to arrange things in certain spots just so and yep. see, you know, <laughs> if, it, it was almost like uh, being able to fit as much stuff in the back of a trunk as possible, you know. <laughs> it definitely takes on a whole new world meaning for me nowadays. <laughs> how, how many pockets do you have to have? <laughs> I know. It, it was frustrating but kind of cool at the same time, especially like when you would kill a bunch of stuff and then, oh, I can't carry all this. I got to throw a town porter out here to uh, go sell it all and come back and pick up the rest. So, uh-huh. Yep. Well, that's cool. Well, Aaron, you ready to talk about Earthworm Jim? I think so. All right. Well, game on. Game on. Game on! Yeah, game on! Sega! This game, I, I am so excited to talk about this again. Like I said, if you guys haven't heard my original take on this game uh, go check out the 90s entertainment show I probably will have more to say about it now than I did then because I've played it about a million more times since then but uh yep as far as memories go I, I've told this a million times on the show I kind of grew up with a Super Nintendo then I eventually got a Genesis and had both but I rented this game a lot on the Super Nintendo because um, at the time that's all I had but once I got it on the Genesis oh man I, just, I think that was probably the point where I started to appreciate sound in video games because something yeah. something about that just sounded so much better but we'll, we'll get into that later but yeah most of my memories were super nintendo related i played it a lot rented it a lot we had a rental store down the road that you could on fridays and saturdays you could get uh rent three games for five bucks and uh this was always kind of on my rotation um, i always try to get like a sports game and an action game and maybe like an rpg or something and this was kind of I would say about 50% of the time I'd I'd grab this, whether it was on the Super Nintendo or Genesis. But, man, I loved it. It was harder. It was so hard when I was a kid, but uh, I I just kept coming back for more. But, yeah, did you play this a lot when you were growing up? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And what's funny is I had a Sega Genesis and a Super Nintendo, uh, um, and I would say we rented the Genesis version a whole lot. But I want to say we borrowed the SNES version. I know I, I later bought it. Um, so I had both, so I could compare the two. And then um, sometime when the Sega CD version came out, I rented that one also because uh, Hollywood Video in the area, my, my brother worked for Hollywood Video, and so he could always get us like a free rental. And so, you know, I could rent the the few Sega CD games they, they still had around. Um, and, you know, and, and once they kind of got rid of that stock before before Hollywood Video went and did the whole game crazy thing, um, which was like their retro game, you know, their their video game division. Um, you know, you, you could pick up games in different bins and stuff. And so I think that's how I got to say the at least the Super Nintendo version. But man, I I didn't really watch the the cartoon so much as a kid. Um, but I played the heck out of the Genesis version, and it was one of my absolute favorite games to play on the system. It's just a very pick up and play game. Um, and, you know, I have very fond memories as a kid. And, you know, I, I had older siblings. I was the youngest of five kids. And, you know, it was definitely uh, us kind of fighting with the controller on, on this one on who got to play next. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I remember having this one and Earthworm Jim 2 on, on the Genesis. And, 
yeah, just thinking, man, these these are some great looking games. Um, just amazing quality because, you know, you compare the graphics of this game, which we'll get into, to some of the other releases, um, and it, every, everything just looks better. The the level design's better. The um, just the graphic graphical fidelity and the animations are smoother. Yeah, absolutely. And, so, and you, so you actually played the Sega CD version when you were growing yeah, up? Oh, yeah, awesome. I, I did actually play it when I was growing up, and, and I noticed the difference. You know, they, they added in an extra level called Big Broody. And there's an extra um, gun too, right? Yeah, there's an extra gun. I, you know, it was uh, it was actually really handy. I kind of wish the other versions of the game had it because it was kind of a homing gun, and you'd shoot it and it'd kind of float around the screen and, and home right in on the enemy, so... Um, you do kind of miss out on that. And also, um, some of the levels are expanded or extended. Like the first level, like um, Jim is actually out of his suit before you fight the first boss. And um, he kind of goes through a little roller coaster section. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. And, and you know, some of the stuff does add to the, the game a bit. Um, but like the big broody level, I could honestly do without it. Um, <laughs> and, and I remember also the Super Nintendo version didn't have it didn't even have the intestinal distress level do you remember that yeah i, I knew something was missing i, I don't think yeah. i ever, i don't think i got that far when i played the super nintendo version because <laughs> I, I didn't i didn't beat this game until probably a couple years ago so it, it definitely takes uh, some stamina to get through this game. yeah <laughs> but yeah so those are those are my memories and in you know i'll, I'll kind of get into the comparison between uh the, the different versions yeah and of course, I think most people would probably agree that the Sega CD was the definitive version. But if you're talking about the original releases of the cartridge based, I would say the Genesis was the better. I think it was the original release, and then it was ported to the yes. Super Nintendo version yes. like later that year in '94. Yep, yep. So that's definitely, uh, yeah, that's definitely how I see it. I I didn't play the Sega CD version until very later. I I didn't. I wasn't prone to have a wasn't lucky enough to have a Sega CD, and I still I still don't actually have one, which is kind of sad. I'm working on it. It's very expensive, and <laughs> it's it's hard to find a good working one for a good price. Yeah, it's it's very true. Um, and and uh, you know, there, there's some things you can do. A lot of times, the the fuse in the Sega CD goes out. So if you replace that fuse, a lot of times that'll that'll fix it. Well, my, my good friend that was my co-host at 90s Entertainment Show has one. He hasn't played for a long time, so I may just go over there and borrow that. Well, I, I just had to snag it. Yeah, because I think he has Sewer Shark. Yeah, snail it. I think he has Sewer Shark, and that's really about it. I think that came with it, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, on the Model 2, it came with Sewer Shark. Yeah, when when yeah. I got the Model 1, though, it came with all sorts of software. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you, you ended up getting six games if you count the, the four-pack of Genesis games you got with it. Okay, okay, that's cool. And the whole bunch of like music CDs and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, Sega was really pushing that whole multimedia experience. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember they, at that same video store we used to rent things at, they started getting Sega CD games, and I was so envious because they had Final Fight, and you could actually be Guy in it because I always rented Final Fight on Super Nintendo. They only had Cody and Hagar. Yeah, and then they released like a Final Fight guy, and it's yeah. it just weird because they put that one out on Super Nintendo. You could only get it at rental stores or yeah. rental places, and and then they took out Cody. I'm just like, that's it's, dumb. Yeah, I know exactly. And then of course they had. I still haven't played this game to this day, but it was another wrestling game that had like every character in it, and it was it looked just like a Royal Rumble or a 
uh, WWF. Oh, Raw. like Saturday Night Slam Masters. Well, it was a, it was a WWF game. I can't remember what it was called. But, oh, um, okay. But it had like every character that you can imagine at the time, and and of course the the big thing about those games that got me excited is that you'd actually do the finishers from the wrestlers. Oh, I think it was uh it's like cage rage, rage in the cage. Yeah, something something cage. So. Yeah. And I wanted to rent that so bad and I never got a chance to play it. So if I ever get a Sega CD again, that's probably going to be the first game I buy. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably find that one pretty cheap. But uh Yeah, I mean there's some definite advantages uh, of playing some of those games on Sega CD like the the Red Book Red Book Audio, which is basically means streaming audio. Um, for soundtracks. I mean, the Sega CD had its own very capable sound chip, which was able to produce PCM samples. So, like, games like Lunar um, and Snatcher had very good soundtracks that I would say were even higher quality um, Super Nintendo. Um, But, like, the Earthworm Jim soundtrack, man, it's fantastic because, um, you know, it's, it's not sampled or anything. It's real instrumentation. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever uh, Tommy Tallarico was using to make the soundtrack with whatever computer software. But, uh, you can, you know, you hear like a, in Andy Asteroids, you hear, I think, what sounds like a real banjo. <laughs> yeah, I love that tune. <laughs> There's a ton more voice samples, uh, more animation. Um, every, everything's just kind of amped up a bit. Um, yeah. But I would say the the Genesis version is a smoother ride, uh, just because everything flows a little better. You, you almost feel like the Sega CD version is the director's cut, um, in that there's some stuff they they cut out that kind of belonged on the cutting room floor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, I, no no matter which version of the game you play, you're gonna get well. Except- for the Game Boy Advance version, you're gonna have an enjoyable time. I think. I, I honestly have never played that. I saw it, and I, I, I it's terrible. the The animations are bad. I mean, I, I actually played this a bit on my Game Boy, and um, even that wasn't too bad. But when I played the Game Boy Advance version, oh, and they did such a horrible botched job. Oh Everything's wa- washed out, and um, it's just bad. I hate that because I really like that little device. I always felt like there's some really good games on it. Mm-hmm. So. Some some of them are just really low quality ports of Genesis and Super Nintendo games, though. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, then I'll stay away from that. <laughs> and uh, the less said about Earthworm Jim HD, better in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I I have to play that again because I, I remember enjoying it a little bit. I I think I enjoy getting. I'm I'm a big I'm a big fan of getting achievements and trophies on uh, the new systems. And I remember kind of getting excited that they had trophies for that game. So I remember enjoying that part of it, but I don't know. It was but, done by Game Loft, though. Yeah, and that's like it a, wasn't done by, by Shiny, and so you could kind of tell that this was someone else's interpretation of the same game. It's kind of like when someone did like a... Um, I was just watching a, a huge uh, movie documentary and, and uh, you know, just about the story of film, and, you know... Uh, there was a shot-for-shot remake of Psycho, and it just like it didn't feel the same, and it you know it's it's not it's not classic like the original you know. Yeah. And I think I feel the same way about Earthworm Jim. They redid the graphics. They kind of added a tutorial for everything, kind of needlessly. <laughs> um, and, and then you know the music just sounds flat. They they have a different voice actor instead of. Um, the original guy who actually designed Earthworm Jim, um, and so you know, it, it just 
to me, it's just kind of a, a cash in on Earthworm Jim. You know, Interplay just kind of going, oh, well, we still have this franchise. Let's uh, <laughs> let's keep milking it. So, so you said the voice actor was the guy that created him, like the actual artist, uh, Doug Tenapol. Yeah, Doug uh, Tenapol. Yeah. Okay, I didn't realize he did the voice too. That's cool. I, I, I was reading up on him a, a lot about what he, the other things he designed. I didn't know he did the voice. That's that's good info, man. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, you know what? And he was actually funny enough. I think we mentioned this, the the connection between Earthworm Jim and the game we covered a couple weeks ago is that uh, he was actually an animator on Jurassic yeah. Park. Yeah. And he also, gosh, what else did he animate? I saw um, like, Ren and Stimpy, the, Stimpy's Invention, Jungle, uh, Jungle Book. He did that. Yeah, Jungle Book. And yeah. then after Earthworm Jim, he went and worked on The Neverhood and Skull Monkeys, which is one of my favorite. Yeah. Um, PlayStation games, and it, that that one actually kind of feels like a spiritual successor to uh, Earthworm Jim as well. Okay. Ways. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Uh, he seemed like an interesting guy. I think he even worked on Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, which was kind of interesting to read. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. Yeah, he was an animator on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's cool. I mean, that's definitely. And good. I think he uh, he actually worked on the Earthworm Jim TV show in '95. Um, he's saying that he created, you know, created. Obviously, he created the Earthworm Jim character, and so he was an executive producer. Um, you know, so um, he was definitely involved every step of the way. And so, for him not to be involved with Earthworm Jim HD, it's just kind of like, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I really, you know, we can kind of go and just naturally go into this now. You know, this game was developed by Shiny Entertainment. I, I kind of miss them. And you look back at their history, and they haven't really done much since uh, the darkness. Um, well, I, I, that wasn't even shiny. Right. I, I'm thinking of just David Perry. Period. But uh, man, they did some really weird games. And I love it. Like MDK. Did you play MDK? Oh, I, I loved I MDK. Love MDK. Yeah, it's it's definitely an out there game. And then yeah. um, Bioware did the sequel to that one. But uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, they, they did some really interesting games. Um, and then they did, did Enter the Matrix, which yeah. was like, so bug-ridden and, and I, I think overhyped. They, and I think they rushed that because it was behind the tail code of uh, Max Payne and uh, I believe Dead to Rights was the other game that had like the slow-motion bullet time. Right. And it just, I, I enjoyed Enter the Matrix, but it got very repetitive. And I, it, it, it was just kind of sad because I, I saw the charm of that game. I think it could have did a lot better. But I, Max Payne was better, to, in my opinion. It was it, Max Payne was the real Matrix game without like hand-to-hand combat. But I, I kind of was upset when that game didn't do as good. And then of course they made the Path of Neo, which was kind of a kind of a mess. But uh. <laughs> yeah, and so I mean, and they got acquired by Infogram, um, and we all know that if you're yeah. acquired by that company, you just Nothing's gonna happen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Nothing good's going to happen, basically, because they're they're the same ones who bought out the. Uh, I I can't remember if they bought out the Atari name, but they, they most of their career they haven't really put out a lot of great games. Um, but shiny, I mean, especially earlier in their history, they stem from. Um, I think they started out as a a division. Um, well, some of the employees were from Virgin. Um, entertainment and then uh, David Perry was kind of allowed to form his own studio um, at Shiny and um, yeah I mean it's it's a pretty cool story um, their games are kind of always especially the early ones are marked by having a a strong sense of 
artistic style and just being kind of wacky and zany. Uh, and I would definitely say their their first four games, and then once they got kind of into 3D, especially after MDK, uh, they got a little more serious. Yeah. Um, and lost kind of that that charm. And and what's interesting is they didn't work on. There was a 3D sequel to to Earthworm Jim, but by that point. Um, Interplay and, and Shiny kind of parted ways, and Interplay just decided to do their own sequel. It, uh, I, I've read various accounts saying that that's what kind of killed the Earthworm Jim series. And, and me personally, I haven't played it. I know it was on, I think, N64. Yeah, I, I, it's it's kind of a disappointment, especially when you rank it up there next to Banjo Kazooie and some of those other 3D games. Yeah, it just, it just wasn't the, anywhere near it. And I, and I played the um, Earthworm Jim Menace to the Galaxy on Game Boy Color. <laughs> Terrible game. Yeah. Terrible. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to even call it an Earthworm Jim game because the, the levels are just so bland. And it's the opposite of, of what you feel when you're playing this game is, is just how dynamic everything feels and how every almost every level feels just a little bit different Yeah. how it's presented. Um, there's not a whole lot of rep- repetition in this game. Yeah, and and just one more thing about Shiny that yeah, I, I love the uniqueness of their games. And did you ever play Sacrifice? Was that real time strategy game? Um, which, oh, was it Sacrifice? Yeah, um, you know yeah. what? I don't think I ever played that one. No. It was very <laughs> for a real time strategy game. It was very odd. And one one of the cool things about that, uh, Tim Curry, who was in the Rocky Horror Picture Show actually yeah. voiced one of the gods and then uh, Brad Garrett was the other one who was in uh, I think he was in that Raymond Romano show was that who that was? oh yeah yeah and he's played gangsters and stuff yeah before. yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's the uh, older brother with the deep voice yes yes I always get him confused with the dice man but uh, <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah so that was kind of a neat I played that a little bit um, when it came out because I, I just I, I really followed Shiny just because of the weird I don't know I, I think at the time I was just trying to be cool kind of like a hipster trying to find all the weird games and shiny always kind of had the or like x shiny employees would work yeah. on too i think there was yeah. um a game you could play on pc and ps2 called giants citizen kabuto which yes. i think was like x shiny guys also yeah and i, I think dave david perry had some work on that uh, game the darkness did you ever play that on like 360 and uh you know what i i didn't but i i think <laughs> why i remember that game is because I think Mike Patton did some of the voice work on that. Okay, show. okay. Why well, I, I can't uh, Faith No More? Yeah. Oh, Faith No More. But I, I I saw his name involved with that game, but I couldn't really find what he did. Uh, so I, was, I, I don't even know that that's confirmed. I and just... now, what Dave, Dave Perry um, works on that uh, that streaming service for PlayStation. The PlayStation, think, PlayStation yeah, Now. He, yeah, PlayStation Now, which yeah. used to be called something else. It was kind of a a streaming service where you could play games. Um, it started out as like playing games in your browser, like you know, full games like FIFA and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Sony kind of bought him out and acquired him for their streaming service. So I mean, he's he's doing pretty well for himself. I think he's kind of gotten out of directly, definitely, you know, working on games as a developer. But um, you know, definitely worked on some cool IPs. Yeah, he's he's definitely has a good following. I know I remember seeing him on one of those uh, game choice awards with Tommy Tallarico one time. So he's definitely noticed as you know a big part of gaming history. So that's kind of cool. And what's but. funny is I 
You know, I don't think uh, I realized he was born. He's actually born in uh, Northern Ireland. Is that right? That's cool. Yeah. For some reason, as a kid, I grew up thinking that he was an American. Yeah. And I think it's because Shiny was uh, based out of California. Yeah. I think of like Tommy Tallarico being based out of California as well, you know, musician. Um, so, yeah, I didn't. I never, never realized that until I watched some interview with him. That's cool. <laughs> and now I don't, I don't think he has as much of an accent, but yeah. It, well, that's funny because one of my bosses where I work is from Ireland, and his Irish accent just slowly has faded away to like a hybrid because he's been in America for like ten years now. Uh huh. <laughs> so I think that I think that just happens. Just asking to say the word forty-seven. My favorite thing when they say is uh, three, like if you they're talking about three thirty, it comes out tree churty. <laughs> and and, and uh, would forty seven be farty seven? Farty, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, all right. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I like I like that little tangent. That was fun. Um, but yeah, this game was released in nineteen ninety four for the Genesis, and like we talked about earlier, it was ported to Super Nintendo after that and things. Uh, the composer has a pretty nice little uh, resume here too. Is Mark Miller. Um, he did. We talked about this game a little bit on the uh, the uh, group page, but he did did the music for Chicken. I guess that's how how you say that, right? The the game about the dead the dead guy that everyone was talking about was incredibly hard. Um, and this this is just uh, Sega stuff I'm mentioning here. Genesis. He did the Spider Man, uh, David Robinson Supreme Court. <laughs> and oh, he, nice. And he did he actually did the sound effects on Toe Jam and Earl games, so that was kind of cool. But yeah, he's definitely got some uh, good good work there. I'm not sure if you looked much into him, but I, I I didn't. You know, I didn't look much into him. I I know. Um, I guess I I thought it was Tommy Tallarico that had worked on the music because, um, let me see. He he was definitely the Sega CD guy. But I, okay, I, so he he did the Sega CD version, yeah. but he wasn't the original composer of the the Genesis no, tracks. And they actually give Mark Miller the credits and the PlayStation version that you didn't like either the hd upgrade <laughs> oh really yeah they actually gave him the credits for composing it didn't really say like sound design or anything but yeah i, I want to say that they brought in their own sound designer for the you know whatever remix tracks yeah. they brought in <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, you know it, it's funny like i don't know why i kept associating tom and tommy tallarico um exclusively with with shiny stuff but maybe it was just the the CD versions um, that he'd worked on. And I know because I specifically remember the Tommy Tallarico Studios, like, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the logo that would pop up in the Sega CD version. Um, but yeah, no, that's definitely interesting. Yeah. And I'm, I got to play a bit of uh, Chikan, but I don't remember the music being all that memorable. No, I mean, it, I it's don't definitely th- memorable in Earthworm Jim. No, definitely, definitely. So, um, and we, we already kind of talked about the creator that was behind Earthworm Jim. Something interesting I, I read about it um, is that this was actually, they intended this to be a big franchise, which they, they kind of kicked off with the cartoon and everything, but it was a little odd that they wanted to start with a video game instead of vice versa. Because you usually start with the cartoon, and you, you think about Sonic and Mario, I don't know that those, I know those were meant to be like your, your big mainstream mascots, but kind of for someone who's not your mascot for a whole system I thought that was kind of an interesting choice to do the video game and then do toys and and cartoons and things like that so that was that was kind of interesting I did watch the cartoon a little bit when I was growing up it was uh it was definitely it was definitely earthworm gym it had some uh yeah very, very strange it was out there <laughs> yeah and I and I liked it I, I I started looking for it I couldn't really find it 
um, but I remember enjoying it a lot. I found the first episode up on YouTube. Yeah. I'm bad. I, I want to watch the whole season when I start. So I'm right. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish it was on, on Netflix, definitely. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I watched the first episode, and, you know, it, it it's not exactly like the video game, but the video game itself, the storyline isn't that fleshed out anyways, so you kind of <laughs> think that they could go in any direction they wanted with the cartoon. So, you know, I, I mean, like making Pete um, Earthworm Jim's sidekick. It's kind of just a natural conclusion. So yeah. it, it works. Yeah. So I d- definitely want to check that out again sometime. Um, and as far as this game goes for uh, you know, pricing, if you're, if you're looking at buying it now, I scored a really awesome copy of this game when I was down in Myrtle Beach about two, two or three years ago. Uh, I think I've mentioned this store on the show a few times, but there's a mall at Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. If anyone goes there, that's a big, big vacation spot here in the East there. And, uh, <laughs> it's in South Carolina, but they have a this really awesome retro. It, they sell modern games too, but it's a, it's a, it looks like an old Sam Goody store, and uh, they got all the retro games set up. They got comic books, toys. Um, but the best part of this place is that they have a classic arcade, and every game only costs a quarter. They got, Uh-oh. yeah, they got everything. So, uh, but uh, uh, my my sound cut out for a oh. second there. <laughs> That's all right, as long as it comes out on the recording. Yeah, yeah. You can still hear me, all right? Yeah. Okay, okay. But um, anyways, at that store I found, and it was only fifteen dollars. I was shocked. It was a complete copy of Earthworm Jim. And when I opened up the box, it had the instruction manual. It had the big poster, which I'm still looking to get a frame for to hang. It even had like a uh, return card you could send in and register the game, I guess. And I got all that for $15, which kind of shocked me. Um, Awesome. Yeah, there's only one little thing wrong with the cart. I've cleaned it a million times. I can't figure out why. But when you play the uh, stage, what the heck, at the very bottom of the screen, there's this awful squiggly line. And I can't figure it out for the life of me why it's doing that. But uh, other than that, it's it's in really good shape but uh as, as far as you know your average pricing goes it says you can get the cart for an average of 14 dollars and complete in box for 35 so it sounds like i got a deal but that was also two years ago these prices fluctuate like crazy so depending on when you listen to the show we may be way off base here but there you go do you actually own this one or did you own it or just... uh no i i used to yeah. own it and so of course sold all my Sega genesis games um but i'm looking to rebuy it for sure yeah. So, yeah. The only the only way I've been able to play it lately is is just through emulation uh, on my Wii. But I'm definitely wanting to get the real deal because uh, I love everything about this game. I love the the box art. Um, I think it's probably some of the best spec, uh, best box art you can find on the on the system. And uh, you know, just the the presentation of everything is is fantastic. And you know, just when you you boot up the game, even um, you know, you're treated to a little animation of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> of, of Earthworm Jim kind of, uh, you know, flexing and, and stretching and whatnot. And uh, it's going, you know, and then uh, I, what is uh, the Pan- bottom part of his pants yep. drop off. And you just see his boxers and you just hear that sound effect. He's like, ah! Yeah, and, that, and that'll even happen in the game when you're just standing still. He'll oh, <laughs> the same thing. The strangest thing is, like, I was playing the Super Nintendo version, and they cut out some of the sound effects for some reason. I don't know why. Huh. I I don't know, you know, because you, you think about, you look at the rating for this game. It, it, there are some slightly risque things in this game, <laughs> uh, but it was rated GA, and then it wasn't even rated on the uh, SNES version. 
Uh, but you wonder if they, they cut out some things so they wouldn't have any problems with Nintendo. <laughs> That's true. Very true. Um, some random note here I took, Aaron, and, and just because I thought it was odd. When I was looking at this game uh, and some of the Moby Games facts here, it meant, and I kept seeing this on our page, and just here in the past year or so, I've, I've been noticing this. People abbreviate this all the time as EWJ. I, I honestly, and it, it said it was a common abbreviation. Honestly, I've never heard that abbreviation until about last year, so I feel like I'm a little bit behind. <laughs> yeah, I, I rather just say Earthworm Gem. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why I, uh, yeah. people would do that, but uh, okay, more power to you. Yeah, and you know, working at a place like you do and where I do, you probably live enough acronyms throughout the day, anyways. <laughs> oh, we we speak yeah. ac- we speak acronym where I work. So, Too uh, many. Yeah, and you know, one acronym can mean three different things depending on what part of the corporation you're in. So it's just kind of. I just rather not use those in my personal time. <laughs> but anyways, I just thought we're gonna do a spin-off podcast on work acronyms. Yeah, yeah. So like that—that's <laughs> why if, if I were creating a Nintendo podcast, I wouldn't be calling it an, an NES. I mean, that's just cliche, guys. Come on. But uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Two dudes. We gotta throw at least one two dude slam in here. Uh, an I episode. know. But uh, but uh, hey, Aaron. Um, can you explain? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh... Hey Nick. Hey, <laughs> I don't. I don't really have a a segment for this part. I just think this is hilarious. Can you explain the story? Do you, Do you know what in the world's going on in this game? I just want to hear you say it. And see if. That's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All I remember from the story was something about uh, something to do with Psycho, right? So Psycho is like this uh, evil creature who has this special suit, and then it's a crow inside and the helmet. And for some reason, he's out in space. And I don't know where Jim kind of comes along because he's just like a simple earthworm, right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how he kind of gets caught up in all, all this, but um, somehow a, uh, a space suit, you know, it's not explained in the game at all, but uh, exactly. <laughs> space suit kind of falls from the sky and lands on him, right? And. Um, for some reason, he climbs on in, and he's imbued with these special powers, and now he can take control of the suit. And we should mention, the suit kind of has a mind of its own. Like, I don't know quite where Jim starts and the suit ends, just because, um, you know, you, you notice playing the game that it, it really does have a life of its own. Um, like, you know, one point you're separated from the suit, and you've got to kind of hobble over to it. And, and it kind of makes a funny, like, pointing motion, like, all right, get inside me. It's where you want to be. But for some reason, Psycho wants to get the suit back. And I don't know because if it's, it's got super special powers. I know it's a very muscular-looking suit. Um, and it makes uh, Jim a lot more agile and adept at uh, fighting bad guys. But um, for whatever reason... Princess, what's her name? Which is she's too beautiful, you know. I, I guess uh, she's too beautiful for anyone to actually remember her name. Is kidnapped by. Uh, bear with me here. By queen, pulsating, bloated, festering, sweaty, pus-filled, malformed slug for a butt. Uh, <laughs> which, um, if you read the manual, is apparently her sister. <laughs> And so what happens is uh, Jim is pretty much have to, he has to go from planet to planet um, 
and he has to fight Psycho in between levels um, to get to the last boss. Which I'm surprised isn't Psycho because I I've read that that's kind of his ultimate nemesis. Yeah. Um, but you only really see him in the kind of the bonus or the in between stages between each level. Yeah, the Andy asteroids. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is named actually named after I think one of the animators, Andy Astor. Yeah. <laughs> there's kind of these you'll notice playing this game. There's these little in jokes um, that they put in, and and kind of a, a huge nod to like the Tex Avery cartoons and Warner Brothers stuff. Um, you know, there you can tell that there's a definite cartoon mindset to this game with all the the sound effects too. You notice sound effects from old cartoons, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, there's really not too much else to the story. You encounter uh, other characters. You know, there's different wacky bosses who play much more of a role when you watch the cartoon. Um, But I I still think it's neat. And it kind of reminds me in a way of how Battletoads was designed in that the game came first and then... They tried to expand it to, you know, a cartoon and other things. But I would say Earthworm Jim was actually more successful um, because it didn't feel like a ripoff of anything. Kind of how, you know, the the idea of the Battletoads are kind of a ripoff of uh, Ninja Turtles. And, um, you know, this wasn't. This was kind of a fresh idea. Um, so... It, it, it turned out well. Like even though the, the storyline, the game it isn't much to write home about. The way everything's presented is, is wacky, and if you make it to the end of the game, it, I think it has one of the most hilarious uh, <laughs> endings to any game I've ever played. Absolutely, <laughs> and, and I totally agree with you with the wackiness. I I kind of see the humor and the sarcasm. It kind of reminds me of uh, like a lighter version of Ash Williams from the Evil Dead trilogy especially Jim's demeanor like he's this big tough guy when he wants to be then he gets all scared to death at times it kind of it just reminds me a lot of, of uh, the Evil Dead Army of Darkness type movies oh yeah where he's just kind of tongue in cheek and he's yes. got all these little one liners and yeah of course the groovy thing kind of kind of plays that off too but that's actually one of my achievements but yeah. I'll get to that later yeah you'll, you'll, you'll get a crack out of mine too <laughs> me too but uh, <laughs> yeah I, I've always my wife will tell everyone I speak two languages English and art sarcasm so all, all, all the funny little things in this game just cracked me up like every every level has its own name and then when you get to level five they just call it level five I, I think that's hilarious <laughs> when, and it's not I don't even think it's level five yeah, not even yeah. Really level five. yeah, and there's all these other little extra levels in between. And when I counted them, I thought, I don't think that's actually level five. <laughs> but uh, and like um, I kind of mentioned this on the on the group page without really explaining it. But it, you're in boss and down the tubes is a goldfish in a bowl. You smack the goldfish off the bowl, and that's the end of the level. I'm like, that is ingenious. <laughs> you know, a lot of yeah. people a lot of people <laughs> think that was lame or something. But even as a kid, I thought that is awesome. I love it. I mean, I just, I, I remember cackling at that when I was 11, 12 years old. And, and I still, every time I play that level, I just think that's hilarious that they did that. But just, just things like that, just real odd, out of the ordinary type humor and, and molding it into a game that's so good like this. Just really, it, it's just, it's kind of like the perfect game to me, but we'll get into that part later. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and you know what? I was just thinking about it. Um, level five, I guess, depending on what version you're playing. I think the the original versions it might actually be level five, but when, you, when you're playing the um, the special edition, 
Um, the big broody level actually comes in at level three. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a... It's even funny. Depending on the version. That. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. The way it was meant to be, yeah. right? <laughs> I, I just My favorite type of, of entertainment and humor is usually something that's hilarious and entertaining without taking itself too seriously. And I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of, like, spoof... Uh, music like one of my favorite metal guitarists he does nothing but goofy junk and i think he's and the, the thing is he makes fun of all these other genres but he's really good at playing that genre and it's it's just i love stuff that is really <laughs> yeah. entertaining but isn't a jerk and arrogant about it and i i just i feel that way about earthworm gym it's like they're not they're serious they're making an amazing game but they're not taking themselves that seriously and they're having fun with it so it just kind of brought me in at a different perspective than most video games would Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the the humor in this game is is just amazing. Like the first thing you do in in level one, you know, you you got to defeat like this uh, this dog creature. Um, it's kind of like the craziest dog you've ever seen. You know, it's just like a, a puff of smoke almost. <laughs> uh, and, and then once you defeat him, you get to, like this little section where there's just a cow standing there and he's not like a enemy or anything. He's just kind of standing there and there's kind of like a plank and then there's a refrigerator because <laughs> the whole first level, it's kind of like got a, uh, a junk design, like you're on a junk planet. Um, kind of like if you think of like the movie Wally, you imagine what earth would be like, <laughs> um, or you think of like vector man, um, you know, where it's like a junk planet. And so you get to this point where there's a, uh, refrigerator dangling and you have to whip the refrigerator and it drops down and it launches the cow and then the game just says cow launched <laughs> and um, you know the first time if you remember as a kid saying that it was just the funniest thing ever <laughs> that you would actually get to launch a cow in a video game yeah and you know without spoiling it that actually plays into a later part of the game which just made it made it <laughs> made it 10 times better yes <laughs> Yeah, you can almost play a game of how many times can you spot the cow? Because I think he shows up again. <laughs> um, the first time you see him, I want to say, is when you get to down the tubes and you get to the end of the first section, you kind of see him kind of floating by. Oh, really? Uh, I have to go back and check that out. I've never mm -hmm. noticed that. That's cool. Yeah, you'll, you'll see him for like a split second coming by. And so <laughs> you're just like, oh, he's still he's still kicking. <laughs> But uh, yeah, the game never really explains like how people are able to breathe without uh, an atmosphere. But <laughs> like when when you, um, I, I love the the Andy asteroids level because um, you know you've got a, you're racing Psycho basically, and uh, he makes these funny sound effects, and you've got like this crazy banjo music going, <laughs> and uh, you know um, probably something Kelso would listen to, and. Um, <laughs> You know, you just listen to this tune and you get to the end of the section and um, like if you win, you kind of see the because it's like this whole cowboy thing to Jim because he's kind of like an, uh, an earthworm from Texas. and He's got that over pronounced Texas accent, which is hilarious. <laughs> Plasma. Plasma. <laughs> and he's just like, wee doggies. Yeah, yeah and, that, uh, that, that little ditty after you win Andy Asteroids, like, hey. Oh, yeah, where he's just like, hey. He's like, he's trolling his uh, worm body like it's a rope on a, <laughs> like, a like a bull or something. I don't know. Like oh, a ro yeah. rodeo or something. Like, it's just yeah, great. he's kind of like a lasso. And then <laughs> when he loses to Psycho, it, it's great because the game doesn't end and he, you just see him kind of storming off and he's just kind of like, 
<laughs> you know, kind of like yeah. the, um, I think the dog in like wacky races or something like that. Well, and then you got to go like beat Psycho on a special level if you lose to him, which is kind of neat. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's not too bad. It's it's kind of hard to beat those areas, especially later in the game, because I still don't remember what the bubbles do. Um, do they kind of speed I, maybe speed you up a little bit? Yeah, I think they that's, speed that's you up a little thinking. bit. That's probably what they do. And then the um, there's one bubble you can get that kind of gives you a force field, and then another one you collect the red bubbles. <laughs> Whoa, and those Nelly! Ones... <laughs> Whoa, Nelly! <laughs> yeah, those those just speed you up and um, kind of make you invulnerable to all of the yeah. uh, the asteroids coming your way. So, um, like everything you encounter in this game, it's hard to describe without you actually playing it. Um, it's better if you play the game um, to kind of experience it firsthand. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I, I think with the zaniness of the game, it's imbued in the soundtrack, it's in the the design of the characters, which is just so smooth. Um, the animation is fantastic. And, and like, if, if you just let Jim kind of sit there, um, there's one part where he'll kind of, like, blow his face off. <laughs> it'll turn into, like, a plume of black smoke, and he turns all black. And then, like, another one where he uses Jim as a jump rope. Or um, one where he, like, he tosses the gun up like he's going to try and catch it, and it hits him in the head. Uh, <laughs> just like these cool animations. And and what made this game different, too, um, level design-wise, was it wasn't like you, you played some games where all the platforms were kind of flat and uniform. It's not like that at all in this game. Everything is kind of wavy and... Um, you know the just the way the the platforms are designed is just kind of all over the place and kind of wacky, but everything kind of has a purpose to it. Yeah, and and you play the second level, which is what the heck. It's you're going left or right, up and down, and then you're kind of going up these jewels that kind of almost work as elevators. And if you yeah. fall if you fall off one of those, I mean, who knows where in the world you're gonna land in the level? And it just kind of I kind of enjoyed that. It was a little frustrating at first once you do fall off, but. It just there's almost a, a little bit of exploration to it because then you can find secret areas if you find special hooks that you can kind of rope your. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, and we didn't talk about that either. The the fact that Jim kind of has three different modes of yeah. um, movement and attack. Like he's got his normal gun that he can fire, um, and then he's got a whip that he can use to uh, whack enemies. The only problem with the whip is it, it kind of has a slight bit of slowdown not slowdown so much as uh, kind of a delay because there's that frame of animation you have to wait for um, but he's also got the ability to either he can kind of glide or he can uh, he can hook onto the hooks um, kind of like I don't know like the Castlevania style yeah or something you're like a super metroid uh with the grappling hook so it's the yeah. same type of deal and most times it is to to get more health or to uh, get those uh, uh those special weapons or a, a one-up where you know he makes that sound effect that we doggies <laughs> well it, it cracks me up too because it's like he always has to have that gun in one hand when you're kind of kind of roping across certain areas where you're holding on to like a uh i don't know like like taking the first part of the level of level one where you're that dog's getting ready to bite your butt you were kind of pointing yourself up i i love that how he's able to hook you know where he's kind of got the yeah he's got the earthworm it's ingenious to me the earthworm was actually hooked around the uh the rope structure 
and then he's free to to fire an enemy with both hands. Yeah, yeah. So that, that I thought that was kind of interesting, and he's you know he's always got that gun in his hand like at all times. It's just kind of funny, but um, yeah. I mean, just just every you were talking about the animations, and I I actually wrote down on my notes. I in I don't know if you'd agree with me or this or not, but I think that's probably some of the best animations in any 16-bit console. I mean, just every part of his facial expressions and the way he moves. Even if, if you if you hit the whip button and you start pressing pause real fast to go slow motion, you can actually see his fists get bigger as it stretches out towards closer to the string. I mean, to the screen. Now, every little minute detail in this game is just so fluid. Now, I'd, it's something I've I've always respected about about Earthworm Jim. I don't know if you would agree with that statement, but I... Yeah, no, no I, I definitely agree. And I, and I love that there's... You know, as far as enemy design, I'd say the only repetition comes in having to face Psycho between levels, but just about every level is completely different and full of a new set of enemies to yeah. to deal with. Um, and that, that also kind of reminds me a little bit of Battletoads, but I, I would say this is a better designed game because it doesn't ramp up to impossibility difficulty-wise. Yeah, that's true. It gets pretty hard, but it's not like impossibly annoyingly difficult like parts of Battletoads could be. Yeah, I mean, because um, like Battletoads, I have a hard time with save states. You know, Earthworm Jim, I can beat pretty easily with save states. So I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and at least at least Earthworm Jim, I mean, you can put it on practice mode. Uh, there's three modes of difficulty. And, um, you know, so you don't have an excuse to, to not beat the game, basically. Yeah, I think there's, there's even a different ending if you do it on practice mode, I believe. I know on the Sega CD version there is, yeah. and it, it starts going into, like, uh, a big old... <laughs> I don't know, it starts describing funny. worms or something. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny. And talking <laughs> about worms scientifically. <laughs> and and then um, I think if you beat the game on, on the hard in that version, I think the game... Um, I, I think it's uh, the designer of Earthworm Jim, you know, the voice actor designer. Um, I think he's actually, it's almost disingenuous. And he's like, I can't believe you beat the game. It's amazing. <laughs> and it's just like, it's it's the most hilarious thing. Because it's like, wow, you know, it's like when, when you um, go outside or you talk to your family or something, you can say, I beat this game. Or, you know, when you're sitting in prison... You can look back and think, I beat Earthworm Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Just some crazy out there stuff. Kind of reminds me of when you, if you ever beat um, Jurassic Park Lost World on PlayStation, you get a, a bonus thing, like the ending, and it's literally, um, why can't I think of his name right now? Um, I think you know, you know which actor I'm thinking of. Um, the one who's super snarky. Yeah. <laughs> I can't place it there. Oh, yeah. Jeff Goldblum. There you okay, go. Okay, yeah. So Jeff, anyways, Jeff Goldblum comes out, and he's on a beach for some reason, and he, he's just, like, totally just being all condescending, and he's like, oh, you beat the game. Now you can go outside and get some fresh air and see what the real world is like. <laughs> it's it's kind of like when you play the Wii, it tells you to go take a break. And <laughs> right. You need to take a break every hour. But, um... <laughs> No, I mean, this game, is it, it takes you a solid, I would say, an hour to hour and a half to beat because you're probably going to use some continues. Yeah. Especially the first time playing it. And and for some, re some reason, um, playing this game, I get stuck on the, the down the tubes area on the second section. 
where you're flying the uh or you know you're kind of driving that uh what, whatever you call it the craft <laughs> the water globe i don't <laughs> yeah the water globe craft thing um and it, what makes it tricky is that you're trying to navigate around and you've got about 10 hits before it, it cracks and you you kind of drown or you run out of air yeah the game gives you like a a numerical countdown yeah and, and the first few versions like the first few parts of that are pretty easy but that it's that last part that's a pain I think I, I did beat it the other day. I think it took me two or three times to get through it, actually. Yeah, it took me a bit, for sure. Yeah. But um, but then the end boss is the easiest boss of all time, so you don't have to worry about. Pretty much. <laughs> Though you know, have you if you noticed playing this game, I think it's literally impossible to beat this game without getting hit at least once. Oh yeah. It, it has to be because, especially when you get to down the tubes. Um, and I, and I want to go back to what the heck um, in just a minute. But down the tubes, man. Uh, there's one part where you run into a cat, and he kind of swings you back and forth. And I don't know how to get past him without him doing that to you. Oh yeah, it's like you have to have that big hamster. To, the only way you can beat those things is with that big hamster or jerk. Right, and that there's thing one is. part where it's like I don't know. I don't see a hamster. And yeah. So yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about because I was like, what, what? in the world just happened? Exactly, um, but I don't know if um, you, you want to. Part two is is just perfectly uh, exemplary of the music and how great it is, and how the the soundtrack was designed. Because um, level two, it starts out with a quote from the Scorgi's "Night on Bald Mountain." Because <laughs> the level you're playing is pretty much a cartoon representation of hell. It's yeah. called Heck. And the uh, boss of the level is an evil cat, like a hairless cat called uh, Evil the Cat. <laughs> and um, you kind of see him dancing in the background, but it's the most hilarious thing because you start with a, a quote from Miss Corgi's Night on Bald Mountain, um, which is just like this really sinister piece of classical music. And then about 20, 25 seconds in, it, it morphs into like the most banal, well, you hear the, yeah, cheesy yeah. elevator music, but then you hear like screams on the soundtrack. And you hear that record scratch, like a. Yeah. And you're like, what? Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> exactly. It's perfect. <laughs> and it makes you like stop for a second. You're just like, what happened? It's like, did the game mess up? What happened to the soundtrack? Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, it's just, like I said, it's. It's genius because it adds to the, we don't really care what you think. We're going to make this game how we want to make it. And I, I don't know. I just, I really respect that kind of stuff in this. It's funny. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I'm right with you there. Yeah. And um, I, I would say that uh, it's, it's one of my favorite pieces of music in a game period <laughs> just because it doesn't take itself so seriously. No, no. But it, but it's good though. Even like you said, it's cheesy elevator music. It's still got a very catchy like bassline that dum 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 dum. I mean, it's just everything's so catchy about every little tune in this. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just yeah. kind of like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> but, yeah. And then like for some reason you're fighting a snowman. It, what's great is <laughs> just like this whole game is a big non sequitur from each level to the next. Like you have no idea how you ended up on you know planet heck or you know the, the other planets you end up on which are all completely different uh but then like you're fighting frosty the snowman for some reason he's hurling fireballs at you and you've kind of got to whip him <laughs> it's kind of nuts 
and I think the only human you see in the game is some lawyer-looking guy that's apparently stuck in heck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that was a an in-joke for sure because he's got, like, a, a briefcase full of papers and you have to whip yes. him. And then shoot him, which is kind of yeah. funny. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely... Usually your your hell-inspired stages are usually for the end of the game. I like how they just throw this one second level. <laughs> Oh, yeah, like when we were talking about Normie's Beach Babo-Rama. Oh, yeah, um, that's, that's true, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that one had some good stuff in it, too, but I think this one pretty much takes the cake. <laughs> Speaking of that episode, completely random, I was watching Wayne's World the other day, and I didn't realize the skit that Rob did for that. He was pulling a lot of the Wayne Rolls ref- references, like uh, uh, Baba Majora or something he said. I was like, oh, <laughs> I forgot about that in Wayne's World. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, so kudos to that, Rob. Sorry, I didn't realize that. <laughs> I had to throw that in there because I just remembered when you talked about normies there, but uh, yeah, I mean, and, and I think I what I heard from Rob, he'll be back uh, next episode. Hoping so, hoping so. He's still, uh, I think he's back in town. Like he said, he he had a sick family member, and hopefully he'll be back. He said things to get back to normal. I know he got a teaching job, so I guess that's okay if I share that here, Rob. If not, then too bad. I just shared it, and <laughs> so congrats to him. He doesn't have to climb telephone poles anymore and be a cable installer. So he was that turning, could make a great Sega game, though. Yeah, he was kind of turning into like Jim Carrey, you know, the cable guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so that sounds like he's he's back to his uh, he got back to his roots. So we'll, we'll hope to see Rob back soon. We, we definitely will never kick him off the show, completely. <laughs> but, you always have a place in our hearts. That's right. That's right. The bromance. <laughs> the bromance must continue. <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah. I mean, would you agree that uh, probably? What the heck might be one of your favorite stages? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, it might be my favorite stage just on the, the music alone. Yeah. And I, I, I definitely, one one huge part of this game that I love um, that a lot of platformers usually don't have is the variety in, in the gameplay. And when you mentioned it reminding you of Battletoads, there's one stage in particular that really reminded me of Battletoads. It was uh, It's Not a Problem. You remember that stage where you're on that giant Oh, bunch, yeah. And you're kind of hitting that guy against the side of the wall. That totally reminds me of uh, going down that big tunnel. Oh, yeah, you're uh, right. On, on, yeah, on it does Battle kind of remind me of that a little bit. So, you're on a bungee cord. Yeah, so and I, I love... I didn't quite figure it out at first, but I loved like your health meter. It kind of shows like the rope or your like worm body kind of deteriorating every time you hit the wall or you know hit, hit another obstacle. And it was kind of neat how there was like round one, round two, and everything like that. Yeah, and I love the. Um, we forgot to mention this. Like once you, yeah, once you fight Evil the Cat oh, in yeah. uh, what the him. heck, yeah. finish him. Yeah, like yeah. a nice nod to Mortal Kombat. <laughs> That's true. Did um, come out I think like the year before, so. You know, they definitely had that on the brain. But yeah, yeah I love the the it's not a problem level um, where I think you're facing off against um, Major Mucus. Yeah. It's the big and then there's a creature at the, the bottom. I mean, the game is not afraid to be disgusting and juvenile, but it, it doesn't beat you over the head with it so much as like maybe um, Boogerman. Boogerman. Yeah, that's what <laughs> comes to mind. Which I always thought those, it was funny because one of those two games came out and I held them side by side. I'm like, the same company had to have made this. Yeah, it's, I think published by the same company, which yeah. is, uh, I think, Playmates. And so that's why they both ended up in uh, a Clay Fighter game. Yeah, exactly. Like 60, On N64. 63 yeah. and a third, or mm-hmm. a half, whatever it was. Yeah. Which I, I never actually played that game. I heard a lot about it. But I heard you could be Earthworm Jim on it. Yeah, it's probably the best thing about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I never, I never had the 
never understood the appeal of Clay Fighter or like Primal Rage. If I want a fighting game, I want some real people. But that's me. Well, maybe, ah, oh man, this is another aside, but you really <laughs> have to go to Gallop and Ghost Arcade then and try Primal Rage 2, which they've got set up there. Because you actually play as human characters that morph into the uh, dinosaur-type creatures. Oh, there was another game kind of like that too, right? Where you... Oh. Um, Bloody Roar. Yes, Bloody Roar. Okay, man, you had that <laughs> okay, right there. Okay, back to Earthworm Jim, <laughs> and we're back in scene. It's okay. Scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what what other levels? We talked about down the tubes. Um, well, we talked about down the tubes. Um, you know, New Junk City, which is pretty well designed. It's a great introductory level. Um, you've also got Big Broody, which I mentioned um, briefly, which I I think it's it's only in the Sega CD version. Yeah, and the Windows version, but uh, problem with that level is it kind of has an unfinished feel to it. It looks a little bit too much like the the first level, like background wise, and then um, the main creature, like you have to, he's kind of a, a blind dinosaur creature, and you have to whip him, and then he kind of comes towards you, lumbers after you, and he starts running towards you, and, and if he eats you, that's it, you're dead. Uh, in one hit, and so that level just it's really frustrating. Um, but as far as Genesis version goes, um, level five, which is where you kind of face off against the, uh, the really wacky uh, Professor Monkey for a head. Yes, yes. And that, that stage has one of my favorite parts when you're, you know, when you're inside that little orb and it's just kind of like floating you around the stage and it kind of just stops you right in the middle of all these enemies kind of shooting out different directions. You just kind of have to whip your gun, whatever direction the enemies. Are. I love that part yeah. of the game. I thought that was so cool. Yeah, um, I, I like that level too. I like the the way the level looks, and you're kind of almost seems like you're in this uh, strange laboratory of yeah. sorts, and everything's kind of like electrified, and you've got to jump on these uh, orbs without getting electrocuted. Um, it's not my favorite level, but it, it's still pretty fun. And I know, um, you know, there's a section where you're kind of uh, it's on rails where you're kind of pulled to uh yeah that's what inside of like about. a cage part yeah. yeah yeah that's what i was talking about and then what's the um there was a part of the level i think near the very end um I think all, all dark right everything lights mm -hmm. were out yeah yeah that was really cool yeah and then um that that usually when i played this game that's about as far as i could get yeah uh, when i that's yeah. where that's as far as i got on this playthrough yeah, <laughs> yeah m m mine too I, I did beat this game a couple years ago when we covered it for the nes podcast yeah and but... I, i've beaten it before but um yeah i didn't get enough continues like yeah. you really want to rack up those continues between levels yeah <laughs> and try to not die for sure <laughs> because you you know you've got the way the the life system works is um you start at one in 100 and it's almost like doom where different creatures will knock you know a certain amount of health off of you and you just got to keep on collecting these little floating health orbs yeah um and then like your weapon basically you start at like uh 1000 and it counts down and uh once you get to zero you can't you can fire like every second and then it slowly starts building back up but um yeah, it's kind of interesting. We didn't really talk about that weapon system so much. It's it's not like another... I think if the game would have had another button, it would have been convenient so that you could have switched between your weapons. Yeah, and like actually be able to save back your... Pla was there a way to save your plasma at all? Or no. Yeah, that kind of stunk. 
Kind of wish you could save that for the boss or something. Yeah, it was pretty much you have to use it as soon as you get it. And, and, and I mean, it's all right. It, it's, it's still a fun weapon to use, especially when you blast a creature that kind of gets annoying and in your face. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it would be nice to save it for an actual boss. Yeah. And but the, uh, um, yeah, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, and I was going to mention, you know, the whip that when you hit the B button, you, of course, you pull out your whole worm body and you whip. And it actually comes into play with a lot of the platforms. We talked a little bit about, you know, scaling the, the rope, but there's all those little hooks that you have to jump and kind of swing your body at the right time and hooks onto the hook and kind of lunges you forward to the next area. So that that's kind of interesting. And I remember talking on the NES podcast and Ryan laughing at me because something about playing platformer games and when you jump near a ledge and you actually pull yourself up, there's something satisfying about that. And I don't know if it's just Oh, me. yeah. I, I, I just, love that in a cinematic platformers, like yeah. Flashback, Prince of Persia. Prince of Persia is exactly what I'm thinking about. I, I, I'm a huge fan of uh, the reboot they made, like Sands of Time, when it came out in PS2. Like, just playing that game and running up the walls and grabbing platforms was something so satisfying about that. You could completely take the all the combat out of that game and I would just love doing that but uh yeah the same thing with Earthworm Jim every time I jump on a platform and pull myself up there's just there's just something satisfying about it so. <laughs> yeah no I, I completely agree um and I, I like I like the range of movement in this game for sure yeah and of course when he's of course I talk about the animations all day but when he jumps forward he almost like lunges his body forward and real nice smooth animation it kind of gives it a little bit more of an effect like he's really trying to jump further than he than he is uh, you know i actually i I, and i like his uh standing and running animation better in this game than earthworm gym 2 are you kind of on the same page as far as because you know in the second one he just kind of runs in place kind of awkwardly yeah yeah i i I think maybe they rushed that one out (laughs) They just kind of <laughs> try to redo stuff. Yeah, I, I played that. I still like that game. Oh, but I do too. I do it too. doesn't stand up quite as well to me as, as the first nah, one. I, I always go back to the first one. Much much more than I do the second one on this on this case. But uh, I can't really think of any other levels. I, I know there was for Pete's sakes. And I think There's, the, um, yeah, the, for Pete's sake, which was interesting because um, Pete's kind of like this... Uh, this pink dog. I think he's kind of a white dog in the cartoon, but he's a pink dog in the game. And uh, you think he's just harmless. And uh, this is on the for Pete's sake level. And you're kind of um, walking in front of a planet um, on the series of platforms. I don't know what you're on. Maybe you're on the rings around Saturn. I have no <laughs> idea. But you're actually made out of gas, so that wouldn't make any sense. But you're walking on these asteroid type things on these platforms. And there's all sorts of crap flying towards you. And it's it's the only escort mission in the game, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and you'll see more of that in 2, where you have to navigate a cow around. <laughs> anyway, Pete um, is kind of mindlessly, kind of like a lemming. He's just walking forward like nothing's going on, and, and stuff comes flying at you. But, you know, when, when stuff hits him, um, he turns into, like, angry Pete. He turns into, like, a really mean, huge, hulking demon dog. And he starts biting you, and he pushes you back um, in the level, and so it kind of gets frustrating. But it's a it's a neat concept if you can um, get through, um, you know, the the hard part, which is just you have to whip him to make him jump, and then you have to shoot the stuff that that flies directly in his his path. Um, but it's not so bad. What's interesting is if you play the Super Nintendo version, um, they actually 
recolored the background. They made it at nighttime for some reason. Oh, really? I don't know what the yeah. I don't know what the decision behind that was because huh. in the Genesis version, it's kind of got uh, a very bright brightly lit level um it, it still seems like it's i mean it's out in space almost so you know it's it's nighttime or something but it's kind of like a purplish violet color and then the snes one is just like a deep dark blue huh i, I never knew that that's cool yeah but um yeah i mean that's that's for pete's sake and you've only got a couple more levels after that by this point we've reached level seven and eight or eight and nine depending on which version you're playing and intestinal distress um i mean what can you say this is probably the most disgusting level (laughs) (laughs) um but you know in this one you've got to fight against uh doc duodenum um (laughs) which is a representation of an actual organ um but uh, you know, it's it's another. Do you remember getting to this level? It, it's. I, I looked at some screenshots and some videos, and I, I definitely remember it. But uh, I, I didn't get to it this time. So. Yeah. I, what's kind of weird is I don't know if it's because I remember playing the Super Nintendo version. I, I definitely played the Genesis version a lot, but I don't remember too much about this level. Um, I remember Buttville, which is the next level, a lot yeah, more the yeah. final level, because it literally starts you off by uh, making you hurl yourself down a pit of uh, a ton of spikes, basically. And you've got to float down um, to get to the next section of the level. And then uh, I really like the the level design and the look of the levels. Everything's kind of electrified and spikes and really dangerous and scary looking. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, I like how you kind of... um, climb through the a ceiling of spikes and um, everything's just it's just got a cool level design and then um, once you actually get to the final boss um, you know the queen um, you're basically if I remember right you're on a, a platform that kind of moves around and you've kind of got to shoot at the boss and ultimately what you want to do in this game is collect as many gun power-ups as humanly possible um, because you're going to need them for this last boss. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it took me quite a while to uh, to beat that. I, I'm, I don't think I've ever actually beat this game quote-unquote fair and square. It was save states when I did beat it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I beat it once fair and square, but it's been a long time. And, yeah. I, and I think, too, you know, it's, as I get older, my video game skills aren't what they used to be. <laughs> and that and I had more time to practice actually playing games. Yeah. And do, do we want to spoil the ending? Uh, you think it's been uh, out long enough? Or I we... think it's been out long enough. Okay. So... It's not much of an ending. <laughs> yeah. So you say Princess What's-Her-Name, right? Oh, yeah, princess. What's your name? Only to have the cow come back and haunt you. So right. <laughs> yeah, it's like you come out of the level and you walk out to a ledge and there's like lava right beneath you, and then um, you know you got the princess and it does that whole. Um, I can't remember what the cartoon is, but you know the one with like the like Jim literally turns into that cartoon dog, that uh, that wolf. Uh, <laughs> He's always got eyes for some girl or something. He sees a girl and his eyes kind of pop out of his head. 
And that's exactly what happens here. And so he's like getting ready and she's leaning in for a kiss. And as soon as he, he leans in to kiss her, the cow falls right on her. And it seems like it, it kills her or at least knocks her unconscious. And, and poor uh, Jim is just so dejected. He walks off the screen. <laughs> and then I think there's some pendant or something that falls on the ground. And you see him like reach into the frame and grab it and then walk away. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I, I've. I remember actually seeing action figures of Princess What's Her Name. Didn't she have like little wings? Like yeah. yeah. So I actually found one when I was up uh, visiting Eric Purcell. Oh yeah. We went to a shop over there, and I, for the life of me, I can't remember the name of the shop. I think it was a uh, uh, Jay's. Yeah, I think it was Jay's uh, video game hobby store, and um, we went there and. Um, went to one at the mall and I remember I picked one up because I'm like, I got to get some toys for my kids. And so I found an action figure of uh, Princess What's-Her-Name and I actually gave it to my daughter. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have no idea who it is, but... Uh, oh, yeah. Like, I've been wanting to, f- to stumble upon some of those. I'd love to have an Earthworm Jim action figure. <laughs> oh, me too. Be awesome. I don't have a lot of that. I got a few little things here and there, but I'd, I'd like to start collecting more Sega-related stuff. So I know he's on other platforms, but my memory was Sega. Or you my... know, this is an aside again, but I, I remember um, I went into Game Over Video Games, which my it's my local retro game shop, and they actually had a phone case, which was made to be like a Sega Genesis. Okay, so that was pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. some did, did you post that on the page, or did I saw, I saw that somewhere on the internet here recently? Yeah, oh. it looked pretty cool. I yeah. I didn't pick it up. And uh, it's not going to be any use to me now anyways, since I uh, I didn't tell you, tell you this, but um, I, I walked into a pool with my phone. Yeah, I, 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 saw, the, <laughs> I saw the meme that, uh, oh, who, who made that? Kyle? Is it Kyle? Yeah, yeah that was Kyle Murphy. That yeah. was funny. <laughs> yes, I, I did uh, walk into a pool with my kids and I didn't realize I had my iPhone on me. So uh, there you go. Because even, even your face in that picture just looked, like you knew what happened <laughs> I, and what's funny is I didn't know I had no idea at that point but um, my mom had snapped that picture like a candid picture I guess <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, <laughs> that might become a famous meme we never know it might <laughs> alright man well so we talked about levels um, gosh we talk about we talked about the graphics basically. Um, yeah. The sound design. I think we're both in, agree- in agreement. We like this the Genesis version yes. sound wise better than the Super Nintendo version. One hundred percent. And I think it has to do with it just feels grittier, but not in that way. It's almost like by this point, people had really started mastering what the Genesis could actually do sound wise. And I think this this really showed in this game. Um, all of the samples sound very clean. The music is very dynamic, and it doesn't just sound like uh, I don't know, like some some of the earlier Genesis titles just really didn't sound that great. But this one, um, the music stands out, has a very le- electronic vibe, and then it mixes things up by going into wildly different <laughs> genres, almost yep. car- cartoonish in how it does that. Um, but you know the the more atmospheric stages, the music is always uh, always going and, and enjoyable. I'd say. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, as soon as I turn this game on, I can already hum all the tunes that are, are going to be playing. And yeah, it's sound effects we mentioned were great too. I think the sound of the gun shooting was, was spot on. The whip cracking was spot on. I love uh, every time you beat a level and he, you know, his pocket rocket or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. He busts out his, his rocket and it's just like the most satisfying explosion as he zooms oh, yeah. on the screen. It's just like super loud, but not like annoyingly loud. It's just like, you know. And that, that animation of him doing that is fantastic too. So that's another <laughs> nod to the amazing graphics and animation. Can of this you game. tell this game's gonna be a gem? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't we haven't decided that yet. Oh, we haven't decided. <laughs> the verdict, the jury is still out. Yeah, I, I, we we haven't put the gavel down yet. That's the official sound. <laughs> oh wow! So uh, yeah, music, sound effects, fantastic. Graf- and, and can you quite articulate why you think it's better than the Super Nintendo? I I just think it looks and sounds better. I I can't I can't say it plays better because I can't quite remember the Super. You know, Nintendo. someone tried to say that the Super Nintendo does look better um, as far as you know. There, there's more movement in the backgrounds and and things like that. But there's some things too, like when you encounter that first trash can boss, his movement's kind of choppy on the Super uh, Nintendo version. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I do see. remember that, and um, you know, there's some things that just seemed like they did a little bit better job on the Genesis version. Um, you know, some people will try and tell you that the Super Nintendo version just looks better all around, but I don't know. For for me, I just prefer the Genesis version. And sound-wise, um, most of the tracks just lend themselves. A lot of times, electronic uh, or, you know, more, uh, more music of that type sounds better in, in my head you know in my mind on the genesis anyways yeah um so you know maybe the band banjo tune sounds better on super nintendo i don't know <laughs> but for the most part i just tend to prefer the genesis tracks yeah and i and i like i actually like the controller better for i i think the controller the three button controller fits well with our torn gym better than the super nintendo controller there's just something about the control scheme that's a default with your c being jump and your a being the uh the gun and the b being the whip there's just something easy about that maybe i'm just used to it i don't know but i I feel like the controller just feels better for this and i I typically usually like the four button layout it's a little bit better than genesis i know that's probably blasphemy on the show but uh for this game anyways i really like the controller i'm kicking you off your i know i know (laughs) (laughs) i mean once once the genesis came out with the six button controller i was happy but uh Oh yeah, but I I don't have a good version of the six button controller right now. I have a knockoff, and I really don't like it. So all, all I have is the original three button controller with me. So. It's as weird as playing this on an an, an eight bit version of the game because you know it was on Game Boy, it was on Game Gear, yeah. and then there was like a really late port on the Master System, it was like ninety seven. I think yeah, I, I, by Tectoy. Yeah, and um, what's interesting is it's reduced down to two buttons, and so. You really have to, you kind of have to double tap the fire button to whip. It's kind oh, of gosh. weird. It kind of reminds me of an earthworm gym where you have to double tap to use your your snot mechanism. But um, I thought that was the most useless thing ever. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, yeah, you kind of have to, to spam the C button when you jump and to use your little helicopter head floating. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that uh, that 
you really didn't use that too much, did nah, you? Nah, maybe to get some secret secret areas, but I don't remember it being necessary for... No, it wasn't quite as, you know, needed as you as in certain games like in uh, like Super Mario Brothers 3 or something where you would use your, your tail to kind of float down or, you know, Super Mario World where you'd use the cape to kind of bounce around. Yeah, I, I remember it made uh, New Junk City where you're bouncing on all those tires a little easier because that, that was one part of that level that was a little bit difficult if you didn't time your jumps right because you didn't, couldn't really tell where the tires, where you actually would be bouncing from those, all those tires. So it was kind of nice to just float through that area with, with a little helicopter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and that's, that's another thing that uh, some people have complained about that this game is so artistically minded and... Uh, it, you know that's not a problem in itself. It's just that you know they they were kind of complaining that um, there, there was one person critiquing the game, just saying that you could tell that artists kind of designed the game because some things you, you can't tell if they're um, things you interact with or just part of the background or <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I, I think you get used to the game. That's not too much of a problem as you keep going. So yeah, I mean I I, I, I can see that maybe. But like you said, the more I play this game, the less I get confused of where I need to go. So, I mean, right. I remember when I first popped it in as a kid, I got a little confused about, you know, how do I get to this next platform? And then I see some little shiny hook-looking thing. I'm like, oh, I need to whip my body up there. And yeah, and I didn't realize, like, there's there's one part, too, even, where you can't see the rope, but it's at the very top of the screen. Yeah. And you have to use a hook to get up to it. And I think that might, that might even just be an area where you get extra power-ups, not even really to progress through the game is it right yeah i think so. in the sega cd version when they introduced the concept of toilets <laughs> where you go through a toilet to warp through it to like oh a wow level. That'd yeah be, that'd be kind of cool <laughs> yeah oh man i mean that's yeah i mean if, if that's a gripe then it's it's minor to me i, I don't you know one thing i noticed too that i didn't mention in the super nintendo version is that there's actually load time uh between oh, gosh. levels is there i don't remember yeah there's that's like crazy. a few there's like a second or two where it won't load up the, the name of the level and then it will load up and uh wow yeah, just weird <laughs> little things like that uh okay. if a super nintendo's all you got and you got earthworm gym i'm not gonna fault you it's still a great yeah. game well you know it probably loads because there's no blast processing right <laughs> there you go <laughs> good grief nintendo get with it but <laughs> get with the times <laughs> all right man I don't know if I uh, have just talked about this game so much, but I really don't know what else to say about it. You want to jump to the next section? Yeah, let's let's talk about our retrofitted achievements. The Genesis Gems Retrofitted Achievements. All right, man. And uh, if you, I don't know if you want to take turns, or I can. I've only got, I've got five. I got, I, ha, I have seven. This is a first. Nice. I think you actually beat me. I think this might be a first time in Genesis Gym history where I have a lot, <laughs> not just two or three. You didn't steal them from the Earthworm Gym HD game, right? I don't remember what they were, but I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I hope not. Um, yeah. So, what, do you want to take turns, or do you want to just get them all out there? Um, you can go ahead and go. Go and I'll. All right. All right. Cool. Um, so my first one is um, the shout out to my. My buddy Adam, um, who's back on our Retro Obscura podcast, this is one of his favorite games, and uh, he he'd introduced me to some song by some hip hop artist called "I Don't Get Tired," 
And it's, so the the name of the achievement is, is what, I don't get. Was that what he was talking about on his last show? That yeah. Oh, he I mentioned I, some song called "I Don't Get Tired." Yeah, yeah. I have seven jobs or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh Any, anyways. Uh, so that's the name of the achievement. I don't get tired, and so basically, achievement is uh, jump on the the pile of tires and level one uh, one hundred times. <laughs> And um, I, I say that because I remember as a kid just like sitting there bouncing on it like a trampoline and just having fun with that. <laughs> um, my second achievement is whip it good. And that's uh, beating the first boss uh, using Jim as a whip. <laughs> so my third achievement is uh, which is losing to Psychro in any of the Andy Asteroids uh, mini levels, <laughs> and that I you know if you had to write that write that down as an achievement, I don't know exactly how you would spell that. Well, I'm glad I don't take those notes. <laughs> right. So, so my um, my fourth one is um, it's snot that bad, which is uh, get through the snot a problem levels, which is I think there's like two or three of them. I think three, right? Um, think, by yeah. beating Major Mucus. And I think in that level too, like at the very bottom of the stage, isn't there some like pit creature that can eat you if you're not careful? I just love how like the the game compresses uh, the the way the character looks, and so like as you get pulled down further and further, um, he just kind of gets skinnier and skinnier. Um, this looks really cool. <laughs> and then my fifth and final achievement is for anyone listening to this podcast to shout groovy <laughs> at the top of your lungs because it's an achievement in itself <laughs> that's pretty good you don't man. even have to own the game just do that just and, do and that. <laughs> i think the rest of your day will go fantastic well yeah <laughs> those are good well uh Mine, mine are mine are sort of a ripoff. Every one of them comes from Army of Darkness. So, oh, awesome! Okay, it, it, I love that movie. <laughs> okay, good, good. Did you see the Did you see the preview for the new oh, uh, I know, I know, Evil yeah. Dead series? And it's it's only on a it's on, on it's on some station. I'm not yeah, app, just I, stars. I think. I'm not real excited about that part, but yeah, I'm 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 pumped. I'm a huge fan of uh, anything Bruce Campbell does, even the bad oh, stuff. Yeah. But uh, and like my my wife started watching that TV show he's in, Burn Notice, which. I, I thought that was kind of hilarious that because she doesn't really like those movies, but she loves him in Bird Notice. But anyways, here we go. First one is good, bad. I'm the guy with the gun, and that's only used the gun. <laughs> that, that's only used the gun against the trash can guy. Uh, my next one, just like you did, is just uh, groovy, and that's making Jim say groovy ten times. Uh, the third one is uh, come get some, beating the level boss with no damage, level one boss. Next one is this is my boomstick, and that's getting the plasma upgrade. And uh, for the first time in Genesis Gym history, I'm going to have to bleep myself because this is family friendly, but here comes the next one. <laughs> this one's, well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. I've got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now, Jack and Nelly. And Jack left town. Ah. And that's uh, kill, <laughs> kill, kill the Fancy Pants Lawyer. <laughs> so uh, for those of you who just heard that, I bleep myself out there. <laughs> uh, the next one is Hail to the King, baby. And that's beat the game. And last one is Honey, You Got Real Ugly. And that's watch Princess What's Her Name get squashed. <laughs> Sorry. That's oh a f- man, I have so many favorite quotes from that movie. <laughs> that, that was great. That was the I was just thinking, 
Shop smart. Shop, Shop S smart. <laughs> you got that? <laughs> yeah. Well, oh I... yeah. <laughs> There's so and so many quotes that uh, were were lifted in in Duke Nukem 3D also. Oh yeah, come get some and help to the king oh, baby. Yeah. yeah, he's he's got all kinds of it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I hated that they didn't make a good video game from there was a couple games that were Evil Dead, Army of Darkness inspired that were okay. But um, and there was one in particular I like where Sam Raimi actually did the voice of this little demon sidekick guy. Uh-huh. That was kind of cool, but uh, I mean, those were kind of cartoony in their own way, anyways. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was. You know, I remember watching the first Evil Dead and actually being a little scared, and of course, yeah. Evil Dead Two and and uh, Army of Darkness were different. Two stories. is just total slapstick. Yeah, which which Sam and Raimi and had and Wes Craven had this weird like I don't know if you read much about this. They had this weird like contest going on. If you watched Evil Dead, I think there was like a poster of. Uh, I don't know if it was Nightmare on Elm Street, one of those Wes Craven movies. And then in one of the Nightmare on Elm Streets, they had like an Evil Dead poster in someone else's room. It was real funny how they were like, <laughs> it's really cool. But anyway, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. But yeah, so the first time in Genesis Gym history, we just uh, had to bleep ourselves. So. <laughs> and it wasn't me this time. It no, was, it was, it was me it. who I, I don't ever, I don't, I don't ever cuss in real life unless I quote something. So I quoted that. So there y'all go. <laughs> I guess I couldn't have said it and just, well, uh, it, and just bleeped it anyways. Yeah. But I had to break my own rules. So, all right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, with that, we will go to the next section. Is this a gym? Is this game a Genesis gym? Is it good or is it garbage? So, um, Aaron, yeah, I mean, even critical reception of this game was huge. Um, The Moby Critic score of this game was 91 out of 100, which was awesome. And then there's also a user score on Moby that's got 4.1 out of 5. Uh, when I read some of the professional reviews, uh, the notable one was just a headline that said, this was the first game ever to receive a perfect score from Games Master, which was a European magazine. So that's pretty impressive. And I, I looked it up. I didn't want to list them all, but it got a ton of awards, a lot of video game rewards just for you know best Genesis game, best-looking game, best soundtrack, all this stuff. It got a ton of awards. So it definitely was noticed by the outlets and all because you don't really see a lot of games at that time getting quote unquote awards like that. So it was definitely, definitely popular at that time for sure. Oh yeah. And, um, we're going to read a little bit here what the listener said. I did, I did something a little different with the group. Um, I posed this as a question where you could vote on. And then I said, Hey, if you guys would like to leave some feedback, go ahead and do that too. So out of, Let's see here. That would be 25 people who voted on this. 19 thought it was a gym. Five thought it was good. And then one lonely guy at the bottom thought it was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the uh, comments on here I had 44 comments. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to pick a few here because a lot of it was just conversation about why that one guy thought it was garbage. But uh, <laughs> um, definitely going to read Blake Worrell's. He says, I hesitantly, I hesitantly vote gym because the d- definitive version is a Sega CD one. But if you've only got the Genesis, then I say Jim. Uh, Brian Bowen, who has been, like I said, he's been, on the last episode we talked about him, he's been an awesome contributor to our page and our group here. He says, uh, I'll give it a good. I love the art style and the humor, but for some reason the game never really clicked with me. Maybe because it came out late and I was kind of moving on to other things. He's, I don't know. Gave it a try recently and I definitely appreciate the love that went into it, but I really suck at it. <laughs> Just can't get the hang of the controls. Maybe getting old. Laugh out loud. That's funny. <laughs> I'll read this last one here from... Uh, Derek Fletchell. If I said your name last name wrong, Derek, let me know. He says, finally got my copy in. Awesome and definitely a gem, just like I remember. 
It is pretty hard, but the graphics, sound, and general off-the-wall <laughs> uniqueness pushed it past good into gym category. So that's pretty cool. So yeah, the listeners definitely think it's a gym. Um, I don't think it's any secret. I'm not even going to go over pros and cons. You heard all my pros. I really don't even have a con. Tiny gripes of yeah, little things. Yeah, there's thing. little nitpicks, but yeah. Yeah, it, it's a gem for me. It's definitely a gem for me also. And, uh, you know, I, I, I guess we, we put our, our one one person who uh, called it garbage. Uh, we, we kind of put him in the witness protection. But if you go to our <laughs> page, you can you can find out who that is and his, his, his reasons. I'll, I'll just read his reason. He said... Uh, uh, the game didn't grab him, and he can't get into it. Um, so, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, so, you know, we, we respect the, the people that uh, comment on our our page. You know, we're not going to knock anybody for having an opinion that's not ours. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we're just going to tell you to game on. So Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we all have our opinions, even if it's the wrong. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> <laughs> if I, I wanted your opinion, I'd give it to you. Nick. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I, we, we know the guy who said that pretty well we're just we're razzing him <laughs> no hard feelings <laughs> but uh yeah definitely yeah, i think i told him that uh, i said are you maybe you're playing the master system version <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> but I was true just kidding. that's true maybe he is just playing the master System. oh version. that's all right you I know st- he's not the only dissenter um maybe on our page but like i said uh there was a prominent designer um by the name of Derek Yu. you can look up his critique of this game and he, he's the guy who worked on Spelunky and designed that game, um, which has become a huge hit. And he had some not-so-kind things to say about the game, too. <laughs> so if you want a kind of a modern critique of this game and someone kind of looking through it from, you know, that sort of lens, um, you can check that out. But um, for the most part, it seems like everybody's uh, either said it's good or I think we got more gem than good even yeah night wait more yeah night 19 gem five good one garbage so i i kind of like how i posed the question here it's a little easier to tally that up but it was a lot harder to read the comments so i'm gonna have to find a medium ground there right <laughs> <laughs> yeah then and it's probably what i mean this game is it was just a blockbuster so it wasn't yeah. hard to find an opinion on it most people have, have played it so yeah and this game was actually one of the ones our listeners voted for, so that was kind of cool. I've, 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 I've been trying to save some of my favorite games for later because I don't want to go through all the <laughs> all my favorites right off the bat. You want to be left with a uh, Action Fifty Two. Yeah, I don't want the last two years of this podcast being nothing but crap. So. <laughs> <laughs> we know what's funny though, Michael Kelso. Kelso, he said, oh, "I yeah. think I can finally give some legitimate feedback on this one," and then. I can't find another post from him where he gives any feedback. So I think he just trolled us. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I even even replied, you can, where's it at? And then we got nothing. (laughs) What what a hoser. I mean, good grief, Michael. Oh, that's great. (laughs) And I think that conversation just kind of devolved into a conversation about Master System games. Yeah, yeah. But that's cool. You know, we, we uh, we like the feedback we get. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw you posted the Master System video, and you, you told the <laughs> you told the person who voted garbage that no one hates him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I like it. You you played mediator, Aaron. You're, you're definitely doing a good job out there in the group. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, man, a gem, earthworm gem, earthworm gem is a gem, right? Earthworm gem. It's an earth. It's an earthworm gem. That's right. I guess if it, it's too bad he's not a snail. We could say he snailed it. He's, he's, I know. He's slowly snailed it. Some of our kind of... 
For some reason, in the second game, like he randomly turns into a, a blind salamander. Oh, where are you? Like Sal a level. So maybe maybe it's not too far out of uh, his bag of tricks to turn into a snail. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> All right. All right. Well, yeah, that kind of wraps it up for this show. Um, our next game is actually one of our random picks. And <laughs> did you see what uh, Rob randomly picked? I don't believe I don't believe he randomly picked that. I think. I don't think that was right. I think he wanted to pick this game. Yeah, it's just it looks painful. I don't know. I've never played it. So I've I never played it myself, but uh, one of our listeners and our friend friends of the show, um, it was his wife's favorite game growing up. So oh, that's Nick, we'll just keep it at that. Nick DeMarco? Or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so he knows what we're talking about, but oh man. yeah. Oh Rob. Okay. I hope he shows up for that show. It <laughs> doesn't leave us hanging for a game for a game like that. He wants to play. But at least we're getting it out of the way now. We don't have to wait till the end of the life cycle of the show. <laughs> but we, <laughs> but if, if you all know what that game is, we will drop some music here, some unholy music. No, like I said, I've never played it, so I shouldn't judge. But yeah, uh, yeah, check check this music out. Let us know if you know what this is. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll ask my daughter what she thinks of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll let my wife play it. I don't, I don't know if my boys want to play this one. <laughs> all right, uh, we'll see. All right, well, if you guys, again, want to... Uh, check up on us, see what we're doing. You can check us out at Facebook at facebook.com slash Genesis Gems Podcast. Definitely join our group. That's where a lot of our interaction is happening at facebook.com slash group slash Genesis Gems. Shoot us an email at Genesis Gems Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Gen Gems. We are on iTunes, we are on Stitcher, and we are part of the Retro Junkies Network if they will still have me after I dropped a curse there. So, at retrojunkies.com. I did believe it, so no one has to know. But, uh, anyways, check us out there and, uh, Definitely uh, give us some feedback. We appreciate the iTunes reviews. I didn't actually see a written review, so I couldn't give anyone a shout-out, but I appreciate who everyone out there and gave us five stars. I think there was two or three since the last time we had an episode, so definitely appreciate that. That helps us out tremendously. Uh, we are still perfect five stars, which cross my fingers it stays that way. So thank you so much, listeners. That you know We do bring us to you free, so that's kind of all I really would ever ask for is that give us some good feedback because without the – uh, listener participation and and just having fun in the community uh it it just it just isn't worth it to me um other than just hanging out with you Aaron <laughs> hanging out with Rob it, it's definitely <laughs> that that part's worth it but uh I, I know um Brian Bowen sent us a real kind message when he said we gave him a shout out that it kind of put a smile on his face so and I remember when that happened to me the first time I heard it was actually factory sealed I was listening to uh, another retro podcast big shout out to those guys uh I sent an email in and I have been emailing podcasts constantly, but I was always emailing the big podcasts like retro dots and uh, uh, podcasts beyond things like that, that w weren't going to get to my email. So when, when they finally read my email and I heard my name on a podcast, I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And I made a suggestion uh, for a part of their show and they liked it. And that kind of spawned me to start my own podcast in a way. So that was kind of cool. Uh, anyways, I, I know what Brian's talking about. That, that That's a big deal. It was a big deal to me. So hopefully that, we can pass that along to all the listeners, but sorry for the big spiel there. I, I go yeah. into I go into that quite often. I'll, pro I'll probably mention that four or five times in every podcast I'm on. Well, so. and 
I just had a, a quick aside too. Um, I, I realized why I thought Tommy Tallarico was the composer of Earthworm Jim 1. It's because he's the composer of Earthworm Jim 2. So <laughs> there you go. But and, and, and he did something with the Sega CD version of yeah, it. Yeah, he, so. he, uh, he, I would, would say he redid the music. Yeah. Yeah. So. Because so. I, I remember on it. 90s entertainment show we actually interviewed rob McCall on that show and he stayed on to talk about earthworm jim with us and part of his nintendo quest movie he interviewed tommy tallarico and he said he talked about earthworm jim a little bit so i knew there was a connection there i just wasn't exactly sure what it was yeah and if you um if you listen to the intellivisionaries podcast they're they're on the retro junkies network also um they've actually um they've interviewed Tommy Tallarico on the show because he actually got his start composing, uh, or I think he owned it in television. I I forgot what what the first thing he composed was, but um, yeah. So you can check out that podcast as well. Cool, cool. All right, man. Yeah, definitely go out and check Aaron's other podcast, Retro Obscure. They they seem to be pretty much back in in the groove of things now, right? We're back. All right. Yeah, I just got to release this next episode, yeah. and it should be coming out pretty soon. I was it was it was real cool to hear Adam had his voice back in it I, I just finished episode 50 really good episode and uh it was it was good to hear adam back so and then for, for those of you you know adam i think what was his nickname dubstep dad yeah dubstep dad yeah. Now, he just goes by adam on the show now yeah, yeah. he was on he our, started the show yeah exactly and he was on our uh, kid chameleon episode with, with robin our, and myself so a uh, big shout out to adam it was, it was good to hear you back man and you know, and that Paul guy's not so bad himself. Yeah, so. Paul's all right. And Aaron's <laughs> a jokester. Oh yeah, yeah. Who let him be on a podcast? Yeah, you feel sorry for him. We got to invite him on here too. <laughs> I know, <laughs> like a lost puppy. No, in all seriousness, I'm 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 happy Aaron joined up with us. It's been really good. It's been a great, perfect addition to our show. So again, thanks Aaron for coming on. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I don't have much else to say. You, you good? I'm good. All right. Well, then we will catch you all later. All right. See you soon.